Well, hello and welcome to this English lesson where once again, you get to ask me questions and I try to answer them. Questions about the English language. It's always fun to learn a language when you're learning the English language. There's lots of books and websites and YouTube videos to help you but sometimes you have questions and you can't find the answer anywhere and it's a good time then to ask uh, someone like myself or one of the other English teachers that sometimes in the chat like Rod or Brent from American English with this guy. Um sometimes we can just give you a quick answer and and then it's easy to know what to do. Um by the way, if you're not sure what you're watching right now, this is a live English question and answer lesson. I am Bob the Canadian. Uh I like to make English lessons and put them on YouTube. So, if you have a question, there will be a form linked in the chat wherever that is on your screen. Please use that form to ask a question and I will try to answer it. I'll put your question on the screen over here and I will do my best to answer it. Please don't ask questions in the chat. Please use the chat as a way to have nice uh English conversations with the other people that are there. Keep the chat in English so that that will work as another way to practice English while you watch the lesson because after all, this lesson isn't just about listening to me. It's also about interacting with other English learners in the chat to practice your reading and your writing a little bit as well. It is a multifaceted lesson. That means it has many different cool aspects to it. Let's get started though. I see the questions are coming in already which is totally normal. Let me get the first question up on the screen. Give me one moment to find it. Let's see here. Mike has the first question and I just skipped it. Just a sec. Maybe I didn't skip it. Maybe I did put it on the screen. Sometimes I don't know what I'm doing. Mike says, hi, Bob. Could you define these to pump somebody up, grabby and pass along? Thanks. So, when you pump someone up, it means you get them excited. I a long time ago, I was a basketball coach. Like 20 years ago, I coached high school basketball for a few years and before the game, you try to pump everybody up. You do like a little cheer like you're like one, two, three, go team and you do things to get everyone excited and energetic to play the game. You get them pumped up. It's always good to get pumped up before you do something. If someone is grabby, it means um yeah, they like to take things or touch people or grab people. It's not a good term to be grabby. Um not a super common term either but a grabby person is someone um like if you work with someone who's always taking things, you could say they're very grabby but I I would probably use a different word uh, than that. And when you pass along something, it means you give it to another person. Um sometimes we have um children's clothing and it doesn't fit our kids anymore. So, we'll pass it along to another family. We'll give it to another family to use because it is still good. Hey, before I continue, I wanna say hi to the 213 people watching. Welcome to this English lesson. Uh I do wanna say hi to uh Panthera Nori is in the chat. American English with this guy is in the chat. Lolly Lolly Gaston. As I scroll back, I see Daniel Lockman. Uh I see, let me go back even a little further because I know there were other uh regulars and members here. Lolly Lolly is here. Sav- Savio is here. As I go back, Maria is here. Marwanto is here. Rachel Ting is here. Of course, Rod, the Brazilian English teacher is here as well. Uh Norma is here. Mode Ags is here as well and I think that's as far back as I'll go. Aniko is here. Aniko uh Adam as well. 
Welcome to all my members and welcome to all my regulars. I know Natalia Illusion is here. I know SL Lenka is here as well as I look at the chat. Good to see a lot of familiar names. Orion88, a long time uh subscriber as well is here. Good to see all of you. I can't say everyone's name. If I said everyone's name, it would just be a live stream where I just say hi to everyone and then as much as that would be nice, uh no one would really learn anything. So, hi to everyone. Let's get this lesson moving along. Let's see here. Next question is from SL Lanka. SL Lanka says, hi, Bob. Could you explain the phrase? She's in the home stretch of her pregnancy. Is it okay if I use lieu instead of instead? Thank you. So, we do say in lieu of. We don't say it very often um but yeah, you could. Instead of using the word instead, you could say in lieu of. Um you know, he instead of giving me money, he gave me a car. You know, in lieu of giving me a money, he gave me a car but it's very um very rare um and we probably pronounce it wrong. I, I apologize to all the French people. In English, we say lieu, not lieu. I think it would be have a little more of a French sound. Um when you're in the home stretch of something, you're in the last part of it. So, uh pregnancy is uh nine months. So, if you're in the home stretch, it would be like the last month or the last few weeks of the pregnancy. Um if you were retiring in one year, we would say you're in the home stretch of your career. You're in the last little bit of your career. So, it's just a way to talk about a segment of time that happens towards the end of an event. Uh let's see here. Ruslan says, hi, dear teacher Bob. What's your favorite movie you saw lately? I watched Game of Thrones now trying to grasp their British accent. Quite hard work for me. So, I made a few little corrections in there for those of you reading along but otherwise, Ruslan, great, uh, great English writing. Um the most recent movie I've seen, I really liked Tenet. That was a really good good film. I think it was a Christopher Nolan film called Tenet where it's a, I won't give away any spoilers but it's um kind of like uh an action movie but it's based around the concept of time and how time moves. So, very, very interesting. Um and yes, Game of Thrones, it's not just British accents in Game of Thrones. There's a variety of accents in Game of Thrones from different English speaking countries and also um from actors who have a slight accent because maybe English isn't their first language. So, there's British accents and a wide variety um but certainly a fascinating storyline on that show. Next question from Alex. Uh let's see. Alex says, hello, teacher Bob. Are the next idioms common in Canada? What's the catch? It's a no-brainer. The elephant in the room. Thank you for your time. Yes, we use all of those. Um when you say what's the catch? If someone said, you can buy my car for ten dollars. That's not enough money for a car. You would say what's the catch? Because you're assuming if the person sold you their car for only ten dollars, they might wanna borrow it all the time or maybe the car doesn't actually work. You when you say what's the catch, you're asking, you know, is there a little trick going on here? Uh when something's a no-brainer, it means it's something you should do without even thinking about it. Wearing a seatbelt when you drive a car is a no-brainer. Um seatbelts save lives. You should always wear a seatbelt. It's a no-brainer. You shouldn't even be wondering whether you should wear one or not. Um and then the elephant in the room is a little more rare. We do use that but that's when you're having a conversation and there's something that no one wants to talk about but it affects the conversation, okay? So, here's a good example. 
let's say your boss a month ago your boss said everyone's getting paid less okay and all of the workers are upset because they they don't want to be paid less and then just today your boss says everyone needs to work uh longer days well when you ask them to work longer days the elephant in the room is you just told them they're getting paid less a few weeks ago so that's kind of a unresolved problem that's happening so we call it the elephant in the room hopefully i explained those well let's see here um simco has the next question hi have you been to new york um have i been in new york yes i have been to new york i would use two um i went to new york once a long time ago i think almost probably 30 years ago now i went to new york for a week um what is slash versus cut so slash and cut can refer to using a knife but it can also refer to prices i'm going to talk about slash and cut in terms of prices when a store sells something for five dollars if they decide to slash the price or cut the price they might sell it for four dollars or three dollars um so it's they mean the same thing basically um when you talk about pricing i think when you're using a knife it's a little different um because you can slash something open which kind of means you go like this like if you have a box you can slash it open or you can cut it open which is a slightly different motion maybe but anyways mostly versus generally um so generally i like to do live lessons every weekend um when i find something to drink mostly i like to drink water they mostly means you have a preference generally means it's very common okay just so you know by the way i am doing a live stream today as you can tell <laughs> um i was going to do 3 every month and then take a saturday off but i decided to do 4 in a row this week because next weekend is actually a long weekend in canada it's easter weekend so i thought for me it would be nicer to not do a live stream next saturday i am still doing a live stream on friday morning this Friday morning, I will be doing a live English lesson uh but then I am going to take next Saturday off. So, just so you are aware. Uh let me see here. Um next question is from Mary Kay. Mary Kay says, hi, teacher Bob. What is the difference between the verbs? I'm gonna add a the in there. Behave and conduct in brackets yourself. Thanks. Thank you in advance. Um so, we would tell our children you need to behave when we visit grandpa and grandma you need to behave um we might say you need to conduct yourself appropriately but that sounds very very formal we would most often use the verb to behave you need to behave when we visit grandpa and grandma when i take students on a class trip or a field trip sometimes i'll use the more formal term i'll say we're visiting a museum. I expect that you will conduct yourself appropriately or that you will conduct yourself in a very polite and appropriate manner. So, as a teacher, I might use conduct in a formal instruction but generally, we would use uh behave. Yep. Let's see here. Natalia has the next question. I never know which Natalia it is. Is it Natalia Illusion or Natalia Belgrade? And there's another Natalia, I think. There's a lot of Natalias. Hello. We all know that English speaking people are very friendly. Where is the line between polite friendliness and sincerity? Oh, that's a good question. 
Um I would say it depends on how well you know the person. In in order to know if someone is sincere, you have to spend a little more time with them. So, when you buy something from someone who like a shop owner, they might be quite friendly and they might seem sincere but you don't really know. You don't really know if someone's sincere until you've known them for a little bit. So, yeah, that's a tricky one. Uh I would say that polite friendliness is a common thing for Canadians. Um and uh generally, we are quite sincere and honest as well. I would hope we are especially for tourists who visit our country. Uh let's see here. Um I'm just scrolling back. Just I wanna see um which Natalia this was. There's no indication in the chat. So, no big deal. Uh let's see here. From Embalal, sir, what's the difference between anyway and anyways? Also, toward and towards. So, I will tell you the most informal answer and that is this. Sometimes, when I want to stop talking about one thing and start talking about something else, I'll say anyway, let's move on. But, I also sometimes say anyways, let's move on. So, informally, we use anyway and anyways uh quite liberally, quite quite freely and we interchange them and we usually use it to um move from one discussion to another. In a meeting, sometimes my boss will say, okay, anyway, let's move on or he'll say, anyways, that's enough talking about point number four on the agenda. Let's move on to point five. So, anyway, anyways, it's kind of just an expression saying you want to move on. Um sometimes I drive toward the next town and sometimes I drive towards the next town. So, informally, we switch those as well. Um it might be wise uh M. Bilal, though to look up the official grammatic rule for which one you should use. But I'll tell you this, informally, we just flip them in and out of conversation with without a care in the world. That's how I would say it. Um Sagar from India. Hi, teacher Bob. I hope you are doing well. I am Sagar and I hope you are doing well as well. What does it mean when you say the other day? Does it mean yesterday? So, it doesn't mean yesterday. If I wanted to talk about yesterday, I would use yesterday. I might if I wanted to talk about the day before yesterday, say the day before yesterday but any other day in the recent past, I would just say the other day. So, today is Saturday. I could say the other day, I went to the grocery store. That might be Tuesday. It might be Wednesday. It could even be Thursday, the day before yesterday. I could say the other day but if it was yesterday, I would most likely say yesterday, okay? So, the other day, um I made an English lesson and the other day, I put it on YouTube. I made the lesson on Monday. I put it on YouTube on Tuesday but I just used the other day to talk about both days. Gets a little confusing but it is a like a non-precise reference to a day just to say, oh, the other day. And usually, it's a day from within the last week or so. That's usually what it is. Um let's see here. Um next question's from Daniel. Hi, our dear teacher. Have you heard former Liverpool soccer players S. Gerard or J. Carriger speaking? I might have pronounced his name wrong. If so, do you understand everything they say with their accent? Thanks. When athletes from Britain 
with strong accents speak quickly after a game when they're having an interview. Sometimes I don't understand them. Most times I do but it depends really on how quickly and how clearly they talk. Uh next question. Uh Mauro from Italy. Hi, teacher Bob. What's the difference between these two phrases? I would study English when I went to school and I studied English when I went to school. Thanks. They are essentially the same. Obviously, one is using a conditional tense and one is using a past tense but those two phrases communicate exactly the same thing, okay? I could say I would play video games after school when I was a kid. I played video games after school when I was a kid. It's exactly the same meaning. It's simply we're it's just simply choice. There's nothing incorrect about either. You would hear both, okay? I would Uh, Let's see here. I I would make pizza. No, let's see here. I would eat pizza Saturday nights when I was a kid. I ate pizza Saturday nights when I was a kid. Yeah, it's they're the same. Sorry about that. English is weird. We sometimes we have like multiple tenses and they all mean the same thing in certain situations. Um Fox says, what's the difference between a device and an appliance? Um it really depends. I would say a toaster is an appliance. A blender in the kitchen is an appliance. We often use the word appliance for things that we use in the kitchen that plug in, okay? A device is more like a smartphone is a device. Um you might devices are more like electronics, okay? Um so there's is just a slight difference and then when we go out to like the workshop or garage, we usually use the word tool or power tools. So, um definitely appliances more related to the kitchen especially in Canada when you are speaking English. Like you have small and large appliances. So, a large appliance would be an oven or a stove uh and a small appliance would be like a mixer or blender or bread machine or toaster. Let's see here. Um Potato from Dictatorship says, hi, dear teacher Bob. My question is, how many steps do you do every day? I love walking and do 20,000 steps a day. Gigantic thanks for you. You are awesome. Well, thank you. I don't. I do 10,000 steps a day about four or five days a week but you know what? I haven't gone for a walk since Sunday. It's all I haven't gone for a walk. That's rare for me. I usually go for a walk every Saturday morning, every Sunday morning, usually on Mondays, Wednesdays and then Friday afternoon and this week for some reason, I was too busy A few of you who I talk to regularly might have noticed that. I haven't been really good at replying to comments this week um and I even didn't have a chance to talk. Usually, Rod, the Brazilian English teacher and I talk a few times a month. We haven't talked for a couple weeks now because Bob, the Canadian is too busy. I need to slow down a bit maybe. Anyways, let's see here. Next question is from Nirana. Hello, teacher Bob. My question is what's the difference between the adjectives angry, furious and mad? Thanks. Have a great weekend. So, I was taught as a kid to use angry as your first choice when describing someone who is emotionally upset and who is angry at someone. Furious is um even more angry. So, if we were to give them like numbers. So, angry is like a seven. And furious is like a nine out of ten on a scale of one to ten. So, if someone is angry, you know, they're like, ah, why did you, you took my parking spot. 
I don't know. Maybe that's what they yell. If someone was furious, they might be like, you took my parking spot and then they might want to like fight with the person or something. Um and then mad is the same as angry. Um although uh generally, I use the word angry. There's nothing wrong with mad. You could say, oh, my 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 dad was mad at me the other day or you know, my uh I borrowed my sister's car and now she's mad at me. So, very common. Means exactly the same as angry. Uh Basim says, how to learn English. Um I'm gonna take the word be out because we don't need it. How to learn English. Uh by doing exactly what you did, Basim, you attempted to write and communicate in English and you did it. You wanted to ask me a question. You decided to write it down and I understood your question. You are learning English. That is the awesome best first step ever. To extend from that, obviously, you should be reading at your level. If you are a beginner, you should be learning the most common 500 or 1000 English words. Just memorize them, okay? You can find lists of the most common words um and you should be doing uh some reading, some writing, some listening and some speaking as soon as you possibly can. But uh awesome first step. How do you learn English? You start communicating in English. You take the first step uh and you can do it by the way. Let's see here. Next question is from Israel. Hello, teacher Bob. How are you? What does outward and dares mean? So, I'm gonna talk about someone's outward appearance, okay? So, outward is the outside. Sometimes, someone's outward appearance um, makes them look angry but when you actually get to know them, you realize they're a nice person. Um so, that's your outward appearance. It's what's on the outside. Um when you are inside of something like a house, you can look outward which means you're looking out. It's a little bit of a formal way to say that but um you might read or hear that sometimes. You know, the captain was in his cabin and he was looking outward onto the sea. It's a very formal way of saying it. Um and then to dare someone means to you know, if I was on my bicycle and if my kids had built a ramp, do you know what a ramp is? You drive the bike and you do a jump. My kids could dare me. They could say, dad, I dare you to to drive over the ramp with your bike. I dare you. So, it's like trying to get someone to do something. That's what a dare is. I dare you to do that. Uh let's see here. Um next question from Mode. Hey, Mode. Hi, Mr. Bob. A few English verbs are followed by off of. <laughs> yes. Can you briefly explain how this works and is it correct to say, for example, jump off instead of jump off of something? So, let's see. If I let's say I am on a wagon. So, on the farm, we have wagons. I could jump off the wagon. I could jump off of the wagon. I could use both. Let's say I'm on a dock, okay? And I want to go swimming in the lake. I could jump off the dock or I could jump off of the dock. Yes, I could say both. Um I don't know the details mode of the actual rules or why we add of sometimes. It might simply be to emphasize what we're jumping off of. You know, I jump off the dock. I jump off of the dock. You, you kind of hear where I'm coming from but both would work, okay? Um I like to dive off the dock. I like to dive off of the dock. Yes, you can use both for sure. Um let's see here. Athanasios. Hey, Athanasios. Good to see you. Hello, teacher Bob. How are you, sir? I'm good. What's your internet speed or what internet speed are you running? Which one is more proper? Thank you. 
So, what's your internet speed or what internet speed are you running? The first one would be a little more common. We would probably actually say how fast is your internet? That is probably the most common way to ask it. Um how fast is your internet at work? How fast is your internet at home? Um and if you're actually asking, my internet is 40 megabits per second down and 20 megabits per second up but it doesn't actually ever go that fast. That's what I pay for. That's not what I get. That's how fast my internet is. So, yes, we would probably that would probably be the most common way to ask that question. Uh let's see here. JFP, nothing to do with the English language but just wondering how are you doing and how are you dealing with COVID? I am doing well. How am I dealing with COVID? Yeah, the case loads, the case count in Ontario, Canada is on its way back up. We are in a third wave with COVID here. We may see province-wide lockdowns again in a week or two. I'm not sure if schools will close. Um how am I feeling though? I'm starting to feel good because my sisters have both been vaccinated. They got the shot. Um my mom is getting vaccinated in two weeks. My sisters are vaccinated because my one sister works in a hospital and my other sister is a nurse. So, they were some of the first people. I understand properly teachers will be vaccinated starting in May which is only a month and a half away. Um so, how do I feel? I really hope we get through the next few months and get a lot of people vaccinated so that we can all start living normally again but I am a little bit worried. I'm worried that I'm gonna get COVID just before I get vaccinated like the week before all of a sudden I'll have COVID. I hope that doesn't happen but Uh, We'll see. Hey, I do wanna say hi to the 453 people watching. Welcome to this English question and answer lesson. I am taking uh, questions. I'm looking over here and I see there are a lot of questions. I will most likely not get through all the questions. If you ask a question still now, I might get to it but um I'm just done with JFPs and I'm gonna go on to Mary's question in a minute and I will do some members only questions as well. Anyways, if you're one of the people watching and you're not a subscriber, you can click that button and then you will be a subscriber. It's a good feeling, I promise. Can't find my mouse. One sec here. Um let me just check my audio and stuff here for a sec. Looks like everything's working. Looks like everything's working good. Let's get to the next question from Mary. What is the difference between going to and will? So, we use them interchangeably. There might actually be grammatical rules about which to use but I will literally as an English speaker use both all the time. I'll say, oh, on Monday, I'm going to go to work. On Monday, I'll go to work. I do use the contraction, right? I will go. I'll go to work. Um this afternoon, I'll go to the store and get some things. This afternoon, I'm going to go to the store and get some things. Um this afternoon, I'll have a nap. This afternoon, I'm going to have a nap. We often just use both and technically, I think one is further in the future than the other but we don't care anymore when we are speaking English. We use both all the time. Uh let's see here. Next question is from Rijal. Hi, Bob. Can you explain what the meaning of something smells fishy and out of the blue mean in a conversation? So, I've little fix to the question there. When something smells fishy, Um you would probably say what's the catch? It's when you don't trust somebody. So, if someone said um yeah, Joe's selling cars for $10 for a car. You would be like something's fishy about that. Like 
You wouldn't always use the word smell. You might say something smells fishy about this deal. But you might just say something's fishy here. Which means something isn't right. Something weird is going on. And when something happens out of the blue, it's unexpected. Okay? So, sometimes when I'm doing a live stream, I'll out of the blue, the phone will ring. I don't know if you heard that earlier but I wasn't expecting it to happen. It just happened out of the blue. Um Hey, Mirage has become a member of the channel. Thank you so much, uh, Mirage, for becoming a member. Members are people who have clicked the join button below. You can see Mirage has a green bar in the chat right now and a little crown by their name and they will now have their name in green when they chat during live stream. So, thank you for becoming a member, uh, Mirage. You are awesome as are all my other members. Let's see here. Leonardo. Could you give us a few examples of old English words that are still used in 2021? No, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Although, the other day someone um said I was an old fuddy-duddy. A fuddy-duddy is like an old person who doesn't like new things. I was told I was being a fuddy-duddy. Um you could look that one up. I should look that up to see. Sometimes I use terms and I'm not sure they're appropriate anymore. Fuddy-duddy. Yeah. A person who is old-fashioned and fussy. A fuddy-duddy. So, yes, I was called a fuddy-duddy the the other day. So, sorry, Leonardo. That's the only one I can think of off the top of my head but I'm sure there are a few um and there's a lot of new words as well too. Uh next question from Max. Hello. Explain please. We bark up the wrong tree. I'm gonna add an up in there. Barking up the wrong tree. If someone is barking up the wrong tree, um they're trying to solve something or figure something out but they're going in totally the wrong direction. Okay? So, let's say um let's say at work someone left pizza in the staff room and um the the janitor threw it away when they were cleaning up. And then the next day the boss is like someone ate the pizza. Who ate the pizza? We would say oh he's he's barking up the wrong tree. No one ate the pizza. Someone threw it in the garbage. So, it's when you're sometimes the police are barking up the wrong tree. They're trying to solve a crime but they're totally uh investigating the wrong things. We would say they're barking up the wrong tree. Ashim, I hope you answer this. How much time should I practice speaking to be fluent? It's a different amount of time for different people, uh Hashim, but I would say this. 30 minutes to an hour a week of English conversation for a year will get you very, very far, okay? If you can spend a half an hour a week having an English conversation with an English teacher, that will, your progress will be really, really good after 12 months. I know that might sound like a long time but in language learning, that's not. In addition, you can't just spend that half an hour or an hour a week speaking. You do need to be reading and listening and writing and learning vocabulary and doing a little bit of grammar study as well. But, I would say if you can commit to that, you would be really excited with your progress. Um and it's different for different people. Some people pick up accents and become fluent very quickly and for others, uh it takes a little bit more time. Let's see here. Um Naomi T. Hi, teacher Bob. I've learned a type A behavior means an aggressive behavior. Are there any other alphabet letters which represent character traits? Thanks in advance. So, a type A personality isn't necessarily aggressive 
that can be one part of it. But a type A personality likes to do everything well and to do everything perfectly and to do it on time. So, a type A personality is on time for work. Does all of their work really, really well. Does all of their work on time. They just want to make sure everything is done really, really well. Um are there any other letters? No, I don't think. We don't really have like type B personality. That's not a there there might be a definition for that. I am unaware of it but we definitely use the uh term type A personality. That's how we would uh definitely say it. Um give me one second here everybody. We're gonna flip to uh members only chat mode. Give me one sec. Let me turn that on. For those of you who are wondering what's happening now, people who are members of my channel, those who have clicked the join button and joined and become members, uh during live lessons, we have members only chat for 10 minutes. It's not a long period of time but it's a nice uh thing to do for me to get to know my members better and to kind of give them the opportunity to ask questions in the chat. So, if you are interested in becoming a member, there is a join button below. Um but that being said, I will now take questions from the chat wherever that is and I will keep answering questions from the form along the way. So, jumping over to the chat, let's see here. Um Tanyo says, hi, teacher Bob. Sorry, Tan, if I said your name incorrectly. Anuat says, hi, teacher Bob. Oh, by the way, hi, Tan. It's good to see you. Uh Anuat says, hi, teacher Bob. How are you doing? Really well, Anuat. My question is, how do you use having said that in a sentence? Thanks a lot. It's when you answer a question but you wanna add something that not necessarily disproves it. Here here's a good example. I have stopped eating sugar, okay? So, I've stopped eating added sugar in my diet. Having said that, I have started to make cookies using dates. So, I've made a statement that I've stopped eating sugar but now I've made an exception or I'm clarifying that that even though I don't eat sugar, I'm still eating dates which have lots of sugar in them by the way. By the way, if you are from a country that produces dates, Thank you for the dates. Dates are tasty and awesome. Uh and all the people who grow bananas, thank you for the bananas as well. Uh Brent says, thanks so much to Ario. Good to see you guys chatting with each other. Maria says, hi, Bob. How are you? What would you consider giving a lesson about insurance? I don't know. I I have to check my list of topics because I think insurance might not be a big enough lesson but I can probably fit it inside of another lesson. Let me try to think of a topic, Maria, where I can talk about four or five things on a Friday and I will try to add insurance into one of them. Um maybe I'll revisit the topic on driving and talk about purchasing a car, leasing a car, insurance for a car. Maybe I'll do that uh, on a Friday. So, thank you. I will write that down and I will try to remember it. Actually, maybe Todd, can you email me that I should do a lesson on insurance and cars and vehicles and everything involved in that. I I know I did one on driving but I'm not sure I mentioned insurance. I'll do that, Maria. Rod says, Mr. Bob and everybody in chat, please stay safe and be really careful. That's what I wish you all. I wish for you all have a great weekend. Thanks, Rod. That is a good sentiment. I feel like with this pandemic, we have a little ways to go and we all need to just get to the end. Um we're in uh It's the last stretch I think of it. I think that's what it is. Let me just check something for a sec. We're in the home stretch. 
That's what I should say. We're in the home stretch. Um let me get back here to the questions. Bentheranori. Hi, dear teacher Bob. Is pointer I think pointrier looks more French to me. So, the as it's spelled in the chat is not an English word that I know of but pointier definitely would be. If I had a hat and it was a pointy hat, <laughs> I could have a hat that's pointier. Um you could also say it's more pointy. Um I don't have anything to show you that's pointy. Like this is kind of pointy. Like there's a lot of points. I could probably get a microphone that's pointier. So, I think it is an adjective. Hopefully, I'm not wrong when I check the dictionary lately later. Um by the way, I think Rod interviewed Nori and I think that's coming out today. Maybe I might be incorrect but Rod and Nori if that is correct, just let people know in the chat. Um I think I saw that on Rod's channel but I have to double check. Brent from American English with this guy. My question today is how do you stop eating sugar without getting hangry? Well, after about a week and a half, um you don't notice it anymore. Um it actually was kind of weird. Like I stopped putting sugar in my coffee. I stopped eating cookies. I stopped eating anything with added sugar and I will admit, okay, we're gonna use this phrase now. I stopped eating everything that has added sugar. Having said that, I'm eating a lot more fruit which has natural sugars in it. So, I eat a banana every day, an apple every day. Like I said, we're using more dates uh in our baking. So, that was a good example of having said that. Uh Eugene from Etobicoke. Good morning, Bob. Did you have an do you have an online store or did you have an online store? I think I did on my YouTube channel have mugs at one point that said I love learning English and then I think I turned it off because I don't know. My goal on YouTube isn't necessarily to sell a lot of things to people. So, I don't know. It maybe I'll have another one someday. We'll see. Maybe I'll I've always said I should come up with a a mug that says uh, English is crazy but I love it or English is weird but I love it but we'll see. Uh, mode eggs. Anyone has had a similar experience. Sometimes you feel like speaking English very well and then there are other times when you forget all about it. Don't know what to say and stutter a lot. Yes, mode eggs. I think everyone who's learning a language has that. Um as you know, I am a French language learner. I'm also a French teacher but I'm still constantly learning the language. There are days when I can speak French really, really easily And then there's days where I feel like it's hard. Yesterday was difficult for me to speak French because there was a huge thunderstorm in the night and I didn't sleep very well. So, I was very, very tired yesterday. J'étais fatigué hier puis c'était très difficile de parler français hier. Très, très difficile pour moi. It was very, very difficult to speak French yesterday. Um so, mode eggs. It's very strange. Like I spoke the language yesterday. What happened all of a sudden? It can depend on whether you had a good night's sleep, whether you're eating healthy food and those kinds of things. I also noticed mode eggs that if I don't speak French all weekend, it's more challenging to speak it on the Monday. So, I know you didn't take a break from speaking English but that can also affect it. Aniko says, how important is pronunciation? I mean, in the past, I was rather Oh, I was learning the American way and now I'm going to make a Cambridge. I'm going to do a Cambridge examination at a higher level. Thank you for your answer. So, pronunciation when it comes to taking a language test is important. I don't actually know if the Cambridge English assessment test grades you on pronunciation. When I did my French pronunciation, my French tests, there was a small score for pronunciation. The main thing though, Aniko, is that 
you want to speak clearly enough to be understood. So, to me, an accent is not a bad thing as long as your clarity, your pronunciation, your enunciation is very, very clear. So, strive to be understood. Um, that's the major thing. Maria, thanks, Bob, for your answer. No problem. Panthera Nori, yep, for sure. She's talking to Mo Eggs. Gaston says, hi, teacher Bob. What do you recommend to improve formal writing? So, formal writing requires that you are communicating in writing to someone who will correct your writing for you. Um that goes for informal and formal writing but if you want to practice formal writing or business writing, I would find a tutor online who specializes in that. Um someone who you can have a conversation with every week and someone who you can write to every week and have them correct what you have written. That's what I would recommend. Uh Panthera Noi. Ah, thank you dear teacher Bob. No problem. Mode eggs. Tea without sugar is hard to get used to. Yes, I do put a little bit of almond milk in it though. The almond milk doesn't have sugar in it either. Sergey. Hi, Bob. Thanks a lot for your excellent job. God bless you and your family. Thanks, Sergey. That is nice of you. Panthera Nori. Dear teacher, to unravel is like to figure out or solve a difficult situation. Yes, often the police are trying to unravel the crime. They're trying to figure out who did it. They're trying to unravel things. It's a cool word, isn't it? Unravel. I like saying it. Rod says, yep. Uh today at 2 p.m. GMT minus three, I have an interview with Panthera Nori. So, uh that is Rod, the Brazilian English teacher. He is interviewing Panthera Nori. Uh Panthera Nori, by the way, is an awesome English learner. She has been around for a very long time. So, cool. I'm looking forward to watching that as well. Marwanto. Hi, Bob. I am from Indonesia. I am a new member here. Can I know about your regular schedule for streaming on this channel? Thanks. So, here's how it works, Marwanto. On Tuesdays, a video comes out. It's usually about six to ten minutes and it's a short-ish English lesson. On Friday mornings, Eastern Standard Time at 7.30 a.m., I do a lesson on a specific topic. This past uh, Friday, yesterday, I did one on computers. It looked like this. We went through a whole bunch of vocabulary and phrases to talk about computers. You can still watch that one. It's available on my channel but that happens Friday mornings at 7.30 a.m. Saturdays, three times a month at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, I do this live lesson where I take questions from the audience and answer them as best as I can. Um if you want more, (laughs) as a member, there's a small video on Wednesdays that comes out for only for members only where I just talk about something that's happening in my life or something that's just struck my fancy that week. Something I feel like talking about. Um and then if you want even more, I have a second YouTube channel called Bob's Short English Lessons where I do three videos a week. They're only four minutes long on a couple of phrases and I answer some questions. So, that's all of it. Uh Marawato, hopefully that makes sense. Hopefully, it's not too much for you. Lolly, Bob, did you sell many flowers last year? We sold more flowers than we expected last year. Because of COVID, we thought we weren't gonna sell very many flowers but last July, people were allowed to have weddings again and so we did okay. It was an okay year. We have not sold any flowers this year yet but we have some early flowers that might be ready in three weeks like tulips and daffodils so we might start selling. Uh Esther Ann, hello teacher. Hello teacher Bob. When someone says, nice to meet you, can we answer me too or you too? If someone says, 
this is Joe. I would say, hey, Joe, nice to meet you. Joe would probably respond and say, it's nice to meet you too or something like that. You wouldn't say me too or you too. Um I would most likely repeat the whole phrase. Hey, Joe, nice to meet you. It's nice to meet you too, Bob. Um let's see here. Hey, there, Nori, how do you use the word smitten? Can you use it as you would hit the nail on the head? So, Panther and Nori, we almost only use the word smitten to talk about someone who has fallen in love, okay? Or someone who has a crush on someone else. So, if you know, if you watch a movie and the guy walks into the room and he sees a, you know, a beautiful girl, he might be smitten. That means he's like instantly attracted to her. He's smitten. He's like, I wouldn't say in love but he's definitely finds the person attractive um and the potential of them falling in falling in love might be part of the storyline. Aniko, thank you teacher Bob. That helps you a lot. No problem. Modags, one more question Mr. Bob if you don't mind. Is there a positive meaning of the word condescend? No. When you speak to someone in a condescending tone, it means you are speaking down to them. There really is no positive um version of that. And then Aniko's correcting uh, themselves with uh, saying a lot. Yes, no problem. That helps me a lot. Yes. Um hey, I'm gonna go back to thank you for being members by the way. I'm going to take a moment here to turn off the members only chat and I do want to mention once again, thank you to everyone who is a member. All of you with the green names and the crowns, you really help me make this channel better and you help me um buy the things and pay for the things that I need. If you're wondering what do I do with some of the membership money? Well, the first thing I'm going to do this summer is I would like to buy a new camera and a new lens because I want my videos to look a little bit better. This live stream is at 720p. I would also like to start doing the live streams at 1080p this summer but we'll see. I'm going to need to buy a few things and members are the people that allow me to do that. You guys are awesome. Thank you for doing that. Uh let's see. Um uh let's see here. Also, thank you for all the answers. Totally clear all of them up. So, thanks Panthera for that as well and big thanks from Mode Eggs as well. Let's get back to the questions, folks. Um next question is from Ali Riza. Sorry to those of you who are not members. I didn't really answer any questions from the forum during that 10 minutes but hey, this in English, we would say it is what it is. I take an hour. I try to answer as many questions as possible. It is what it is. So, I'll do my best. By the way, if you ask questions now using the form, I will most likely not get to them. In fact, I was talking uh I think I'll mention to Todd and Dave. We'll probably stop sharing the form after about 30 minutes, 35 minutes because you know, I think sometimes people ask questions and then they're sad when I don't get to them. Anyways, Ali says, hi, Bob. Have a question. What is the phrasal verb? (laughs) What are phrasal verbs? That's a big question. Uh for example, what is the difference between check, check in and check out? So, if my when I go to drive my car, sometimes I check the oil. It simply means I open the hood, I pull out the dipstick and I check the oil. I make sure there is enough oil in my car or van. When you check in, it means you go to a hotel and you tell them you're there. You call and make a reservation. When you get there, you check in. You say, hi, I'm Bob the Canadian. I have a reservation here. I want to check in. You pay. They give you the keys. No, actually, you don't pay till you leave. They give you your keys. They take your visa card or your credit card and you check in. When you're done staying at the hotel, you check out but that's not all. 
You could also check a book out of the library. You know, I could say, I went to the library and I checked out a few books. That means you took books out of the library. And there is another meaning of it. If you're walking along and you see someone who you think is really attractive and you look at them, you could say that you're checking them out. You could say, oh, check out that guy or check out that lady. They're very, very beautiful. And it's, it means you look at them because you find them attractive. So, yeah, phrasal verbs, they have all kinds of meanings. I probably even missed a few in that uh, answer I just gave. But Ali, you do need to learn them. Um, as I usually say, you should, when you're a beginner, learn the most common vocabulary. You should also learn the the 100 or 200 most common phrasal verbs that will really help you to understand English. Um, let's see here. Mahmoud says, hi teacher, what's the difference between revenue and yield? For example, I expect great yield or revenue on this business. Um, so, they both mean like a return, right? Um, yeah, revenue is usually used more to refer to money and yield is used to refer to things. So, let's say this. Um, if someone said, what was your revenue like on the farm last year? I would say, we we did okay. We made some money. If someone said, what was your yield like on the farm last year? I would say, we we harvested a lot of flowers. So, one talks about money. The other talks about an item or object or thing. That's not a perfect definition, Mamut, but it's at least a bit of a definition for you. Let's see your next question from Rashed. Rashed says, Bob, could you mention some ways to say then in this live? And then and then and yeah, how do we use then? Then I went there, then I went there. Yeah, so if you talk about a series of events, you could say, uh, yesterday I went to the grocery store and then I went to the gas station and then I went to the post office and then I went to the pizza place. So, you can use it to talk about events that come right after each other. Um yeah, you can also use it to talk about things happening, right? Like yesterday I was at the store and then someone said hi to me. Yeah, that's a pretty broad question, Rashed, but I think I gave you a few examples um of the word then. It's a it's a very it's very much a multi-use word though. It's difficult to define all of the meanings quickly. Uh, let's see here. Next question from Christo Samens. Hi, Christo Samens. I've been listening to your podcast, little fix there on Google Podcast for the last two months. They're really interesting. My question is, what's the meaning of keep me posted? Okay. So, first of all, almost everything I make becomes a podcast because many people like to watch the lesson uh, and then listen to it a second time. So, if you ever wanna find me, just go to Bob's short English lessons on any podcast platform or learn English with Bob the Canadian. It's all there for you. Um and then keep me posted just means you know let me know how things go. If my son says I'm almost done university, I'll be home sometime in April but I don't know exactly when, I can say well keep me posted. That means that as soon as he knows for sure when he's coming home, call me or email me or text me. So, let me know as soon as you know would be another way to say that. Keep me posted. Uh let's see here. When has the next question pop? Just let me check one thing for a sec. I wanna see where I am on the list of questions. Don't think I'm super far actually. No, I'm not. I'm on question 33. 
of 81. Oh, I'm not gonna get through them all. Anyways, let's keep going besides. When? Hello, Bob. How is your weekend? So far, so good. I have a fairly nice weekend but I'm gonna be pretty busy but I don't mind. I like being busy. May I ask about which date is the first day of summer vacation in Canada's high school and college? So, it's different. Universities and colleges end usually sometime in April or early May. High schools usually end in Canada sometime in the middle of June or the third week of June. Um in the United States, it's also a little bit different. Uh a lot of American schools are actually done by the end of May or the beginning of June but generally in North America, universities and colleges are done in the middle somewhere middle late April to middle of May and high schools and elementary schools sometime around end of May, middle of June. So, a little bit of a different length of school year. Um and each school can be slightly different as well. Um let's see here. Next question is from Maria. Hi, Bob. I hope you're doing great. My question is, which term do you use to refer to someone who works for an insurance company? By the way, that's my job. Thanks. So, we have someone who sells insurance and we literally say that. They sell insurance. Um we would say they work at an insurance company. I don't think we have a specific um term. We used to say like insurance salesman but we don't use the phrase salesman anymore because it doesn't refer to men and women. Uh we might say an insurance salesperson but I think now we actually just say, oh yeah, he sells insurance or yeah, she sells insurance or he or she works at an insurance company. I don't we should have a special term, shouldn't we? You might say agent. You know, he's an insurance agent. I know for the farm, we have an insurance agent. Um is that's the person who sells us insurance. So, maybe that's what it is. Agent might be the best one. Let's see here. Jose says, hi, Bob. How often do natives use idioms? Is it necessary to learn all of them? No, but there are many that you should know um and some of the simpler ones. I can't think of any off the top of my head but I just use the phrase off the top of my head um which means you know without looking at a book or paper. Um you need to learn some. I wish there was a list of like the 50 most common idioms or something um but you do need to know them because we do use them. It sometimes English teachers will say idioms aren't important. Uh native speakers don't use them and that's not true. I hear idioms all day. Okay. Maybe I'll do this. I'll write down every idiom I hear on Monday um and then I'll post it somewhere. I'll I'll try to remember to do that. Um but we say it we use them all the time. Uh let's see here. Next question from Eugene from Etobicoke. Hi, Bob. Have you heard have you heard little fix there. Have you heard about the vaccine passport? Do you plan to get a vaccine for immunization. I think that's what you mean, uh Eugene. Yes, I do plan to get vaccinated. I'm not sure if in Canada we'll have a vaccine passport. A vaccine passport will be a piece of paper that says you were vaccinated or it might just be on your smartphone. Uh we'll have to see. I'm not sure, Eugene. If we do have to get one, I'll get the shot and I'll get the passport because I want to do some traveling at some point. Uh let's see here. Mwad says, Hi, Bob. Could you make a lesson about the most common abbreviation abbreviated speaking words? A little correction there. Thank you so much. Uh yes, I could do that sometime. Um I have to think a little bit about that. Um which ones I would teach but I will put it on the list and see if I can do that. It probably won't be till summer, what? Because the list is quite uh long actually. 
Mikal says, hi, Bob. Do you more often say needn't or don't need to? Thanks in advance. Uh, well, you needn't do that. You don't need to do. I think the second, okay? So, if someone said, Bob, I wanna buy you a gift. I could say, ah, oh, you needn't do that. Or I could say, ah, oh, you don't need to do that. I would use the second one. Yeah. Well, you'll hear the first one though. You'll hear needn't once in a while. It's kind of a funny sounding word, isn't it? The more I say it, the more it doesn't sound like an English word but uh you needn't worry about that, Michal. Uh you can use both. So, you needn't worry about it. You don't need to worry about it. That was an example while I answered the question. Uh let's see here. Next question from Ario. Hola, Mr. Bob. How are you? I'm good, Ario. I was watching Mr. Brent's YouTube channel yesterday. The videos are awesome. I have subscribed to his YouTube channel, MK by. So, Ario is talking about American English with this guy. If you look in the chat, he is there. He is there for most of the live streams on Saturdays. On Fridays, Brent is around for a bit but both Brent and I are are actual teachers. Like, we have jobs where we teach. So, on Fridays, Brent sometimes can't stick around but he is in the chat. He has a YouTube channel. You should watch some of his videos. He does things differently than I do. He has a few videos recently where he looks at movies or television shows um and helps you understand the English that was used in it. I think the most recent one he did one on um the movie Soul. Uh maybe Todd or Dave could look that up and link it in the chat but Brent is American sorry, learn American English with this guy. Did I say that right? Yes. American English with this guy. There's no learn. I think there used to be a learn in front. I'm not sure, Brent. Anyways, great channel. Lots of more lots of more things. More (laughs) videos for you to watch to learn some English. Check it out. He would appreciate it. Um let's see here. Oh and by the way, Brent is also going live I think in four minutes if you wanna watch him. I'll be done by then by the way. I have to uh Jen and I have to head out later today because we have to meet Jen's parents in a parking lot to exchange uh some items. We're not visiting them at their house because it's COVID but we are meeting them in a parking lot. We will stand two meters away from them and have a nice chat and we need to exchange some items. So, anyways, next question from Guhan. Hi, Bob. How how are you doing in Canada? I'm doing good. What is the difference between stationary and stationary? So, it's in that's an interesting question. When something is stationary, uh it's paper you can write on. Um and then when something is stationary, it means that it it doesn't actually move. Give me a second here. An adjective stationary with an A, not moving or not intended to be moved, okay? So, when you have something that's stationary, it means it does not move and then stationary with an E is writing paper especially with matching envelopes. Stationary with an E, writing paper with matching envelopes is not used very often anymore. People don't uh, very often use that. Um it looks like Dave the Canadian found the video from Brent's channel. Um for some reason, I just clicked on it. I'm not sure why I did that. Let me hit stop. <laughs> it's called learning English with movies is more fun. If you want to check it out, you should do that. Um let me see if I can get back to my chat here. There you go. I thought I messed something up for a second there. Uh next question. Uh let's see. I'm gonna skip the next one. It's Ala asking, what's your full name? I I don't answer questions like that. Um and let's go to the next one. Um this is from I'm the space and this will be I think the second last question. Um hi, Bob. Can you explain what's the difference between IELTS or TOEFL and CAE or CPE exams? Which one 
is more difficult and which one should I try to pass? Thank you. So, this is tricky, okay? The IELTS and the TOEFL are often used when students want to study in a North American university. In Canada, students often take the IELTS test if they want to study in a Canadian university. The CAE is the Cambridge Assessment of English, I think it is. And that's very much a British test that students would take if they want to study in Britain. So, it really depends on which test which test helps you the best meet your goal. Um and then the CPE is another form of the Cambridge test, okay? It's a proficiency exam or something. I don't know all the details. Um I would say I'm the space. Uh, it's a great question. If you're taking the test to get into a university in an English speaking country, find out which one the university prefers. If you're taking the test simply because you want to know how how good your English is, take any of them. They're all great. I think they'll all be worth your while. Uh let's see here. Um Isain says, hi, sir. Can you give us the difference between must and have to? So, I must yeah, I must eat every day. <laughs> I have to eat every day. I think must, I always describe it as being a little more like forced. Like, when you have to do something, um yeah, they're almost equivalent, aren't they? Like, I have to drink water during a live stream because my throat gets dry. Um I must drink water during a live stream. So, yeah. Today, I'm gonna go with that they mean almost exactly the same thing. Um so, Jeg says, hello, our teacher. What's the meaning of howdy? <laughs> um howdy is just kind of a funny way to say hi. I think that often if you watch a cowboy movie, maybe the cowboys say howdy to each other. In Canada, we might say it to be funny. Like, instead of saying hi or hello, we might say howdy. But uh, it's not super common. It's kind of just a funny thing to say. Um let's see. Kizmo. Hi, teacher Bob. How are you? What's the difference between commencement and graduation ceremony? Thanks. In Canada, the difference is this. When you are done school, at the very end, you have a graduation. Sometimes six months later, the school might have what's called commencement. So, graduation usually happens right at the end of the school year within a week or two of your last class and commencement often happens later in the year but they are the same type of celebration. It's a time to celebrate someone being done their studies. That's what it would be. Let's see here. Um hey folks, I am going to wrap this up. It has been an hour. I have many things to do today. Please remember there will be a new English lesson on Tuesday. There will be another live English lesson this coming Friday but next Saturday, there will be no live lesson, okay? So, lesson Tuesday, lesson Friday, no lesson on Saturday. I'm going to take the day um to relax which means I'll probably work on the farm all day which is not relaxing. I'll try to relax. I promise. I'll try to relax. Anyways, I wanna finish off by by clapping apparently by saying thank you to Dave and Todd for moderating the chat. Thank you to all of the regulars like Natalia Illusion I saw here and many others. Thank you to Athanasios, another regular. Thank you to Eduardo, another regular. Um if I miss your name, sorry about that. Thank you of course to all my members like Rod, the Brazilian English teacher, Norma, Panthera, Nori, Mirage, Mode Ags is here. Of course, Brent from American English with this guy is starting a live stream two minutes ago if you wanna jump over there and watch it. 
Um, Ario Handoyo is here, a longtime regular as well. Um, again, once I start saying hi to people, I could just keep going on. So, I'm gonna stop. So, once again, thanks for uh, hanging out. Don't forget, you should watch this again later. Uh, in a few days, it will have uh, automatically generated English subtitles. I hope YouTube's been kind of finicky lately. Um, and don't forget that yesterday's lesson on computers, a shorter version of that lesson will come out in about 24 hours uh, and you can watch that to review or if you didn't watch it the first time, you can watch it to learn a few new things. Anyways, thank you for being here. I'm gonna say bye and I'm gonna click the end button. I'm gonna jump into chat and say bye to Hi, Bob the Canadian here. Thank you for listening to this English podcast lesson. If you would like to support me, in the work that I do as an online English teacher, please visit patreon.com slash bobthecanadian.